Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. An entire last drive is so impressive, and I hate to make this comparison just because it instantly goes to the Super Bowl rings, but I mean, that final drive by the Dolphins, it felt like the Peyton Manning Colts. It felt like the Tom Brady Patriots. It was Thanos. It was inevitable that you're going to drive down the field. We're going to squeeze out all the clock. We're going to kick the field goal, and there's nothing you can do about it. At the end of the day, as you start to follow along with these teams that are winning 12, 13 games a year, it's not going to be 70 to 20 every time. I think it's impressive when you can have those answers. And at the end of the day, you know, show another team, hey, we're going to go. We're going to win this game. You're going to there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that's super impressive in itself. Before we wrap up here, it will be probably the naughtiest thing we could do this year to not talk about this Miami Dolphins defense. Not that type of naughty, Merrick. You put those eyebrows away. You, but I do want to You don't ask know how you, naughty I can get, Jake. <laughs> We have are we there, have an idea. <laughs> it gets crazy there, in the DMs around here between us three. <laughs> are there three defenses in the NFL that are better than the Miami Dolphins? Ooh, well, okay. So just and no. you know, you, you, I I'll play devil's advocate. You know, it's it's worth the discussion, is it not? That's why you brought it up, Jake. It's kind of what we do on a podcast. We we discuss. But if if you were to try and name three right now. I think you'd start with the San Francisco 49ers, you know, they Monday night football or whatever they're calling it holiday Christmas shebang. I think that's it. I saw the graphic. It said shebang. Um, The 49ers defense, real solid. A lot of good players on that one. You look to them like they could possibly be better than the Dolphins. Um, But again, the fact that this is all debatable is really cool, especially how the year started and everyone was questioning Vic Fangio. Uh, then you look at the Eagles defense. The Eagles defense is is pretty stout, but they've been giving up points as of late, and they gave up a decent number of points to uh, Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor yesterday uh, against the Giants. So you look there, and they've been struggling a little bit. That, that Cowboys defense is is a nice, solid one. Um, we just beat them, put twenty two on the board. Not a, not a crazy number, but enough to get the victory. I don't know. You might be right, Josh. You might be right. There might not be three better defenses. The Ravens defense obviously has to be uh, has to be in the conversation as well, but there might not be, be three better defenses than the Miami Dolphins right now. Do you put anyone on that list, Jake? Baltimore was the Baltimore would be the best defense and then maybe Browns Kansas are up City. there too. Forgot oh, the Browns. Yes, Browns can still get the number 1 seed. That, that's pretty crazy itself. But the Ravens, though, that's definitely the one I was battling between whether they're better than the Dolphins. And I guess we'll see this weekend, right? You got a big Not match. Not to like oversimplify things, but you look at that Baltimore defense, they're averaging 3.6 sacks per game. The Miami Dolphins are second in the NFL with 3.5 sacks per game. They had four against the Dallas Cowboys. Headlined Andrew Van Genkel, one and a half sacks. Bradley Chubb, one and a half sacks. The awesome thing about Bradley Chubb is because not only – did he reach double-digit sacks? The first person to do that since Cameron Wake, which it's always awesome that we get to hear your Cameron Wake's name. But he's like the perfect combination of Olivier Vernon and Wake because not only is he getting the sacks, but, man, I can go back and watch five, six plays from Sunday's game where he was inches away, centimeters away from having another sack. There was one he almost batted the ball out from Dak Prescott right before he threw it away. You could really uh, tell how great Dak is inside the pocket. But, man. This is a group without a former first-round pick and Jalen Phillips on that line. They are looking absolutely awesome, and that's what has me thinking. I mean, this is a group that, you know, top three defense, I don't want, I don't care about debating about number one. This group is special, and if they're two, if they're three, I don't think that matters. They're more than good enough. 
And that's what we wanted to see. When Vic Fangio was hired, that's what the expectation was. And we all started getting confident and and just really excited for this season to start based on that idea. If you could pair what this offense was last year, plus the next evolution of this offense that you were going to see naturally over a new offseason, everyone's back together. They're not working on mastering the offense. They're working on uh, you know, building it into something even bigger and better. So if you can, if you compare that offense with a Vic Fangio led defense, who, you know, if you look at his track record, he always takes these defenses into top 10 defenses in the league. He just, it's quick turnaround with, with Vic Fangio. So if you compare what that offense was with what a Vic Fangio defense could be, we all thought to ourselves that man, that's the makings of a really damn good football team. And it didn't start off that way this year. It takes time, right? Learning a new system. Jalen Ramsey was injured. You know, dealing with all of that stuff, trying to trying to trying to get this defense firing on all cylinders. Rounded into form, middle of the season. Coincidentally, when Jalen Ramsey came back, just saying, "What a stud!" And now, all of a sudden, you're seeing a complete football team. That's exactly what that win was against the Cowboys. That was a team victory in every sense of the word. Offense defense and special teams all three units played so well but but to see that coming to fruition after an off season of us getting our hopes up and we're dolphins fans so we know every time we get our hopes up there's that inevitable letdown that's going to happen but it hasn't really happened yet keeping our fingers crossed that it doesn't but uh i don't know this is a special team it's a really special team and and like you said jake it's got us with with visions of even bigger things dancing in our heads post christmas here yeah, and they're doing this without Jalen Phillips. Javon Holland's still out of the lineup, right? And this defense has just been unbelievable. I mean, coming into the year, I think we all sat here and we're talking about how awesome the secondary was, but it has really been the defensive line. It's just absolutely gone ballistic this year. Jake mentioned Chubb. I didn't even realize this, but they broke the team record with 52 total sacks this season, um, 121 quarterback hits already. Sealer has his career high, eight and a half sacks. And I had this stat from the Dolphins, and I thought it was pretty cool. Van Ginkle now has two sacks in his past two games. Um, six on the season, which is a new career high. Van Ginkle joins Aiden Hutchinson and TJ Watt as the only NFL players this season with four plus sacks, five plus pass defense, one plus interceptions, seven plus tackles for loss, and 10 plus quarterback hits. So um, quite the group of people to be there. And as we know, Andrew Van Ginkle had what, 10 tackles, one and a half sacks, four quarterback hits, a tackle for loss, and a pass defended against um, the Dallas Cowboys. So Everything about that defensive line has us thinking, dancing thoughts in our head. And I just um excited to see where they can take this to the next level, right? Because when you get a Javon Holland back, that's going to, you know, force quarterbacks to hold on to that ball a little bit more. And um, we already see what Bradley Chubb and those guys are doing, you know, without that stuff. So um, impressive what this defensive line has become. Hope that we can keep them together, as we all know, Christian Wilkins. Um, I, what were your guys' thoughts on that uh, rough in the past? That was absolutely ridiculous. I know Merrick said he was getting ready to break stuff, but yeah, it was bad. Yeah, 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 it was bad. But it... We got to fight. We talk about this every show, but we got to find a way to keep Van Ginkle on this team, man. Especially with Jalen Phillips coming back from the Achilles. It's going to take a while to, to rehab that. He might not be ready for the start of the season next year. You got to find a way to keep Van Ginkle in the fold. He's just so important to this team. He's just such a high motor guy and, and just such a performer. Just goes out there and, and it, every single week you notice Andrew Van Ginkle. Every single week, he is making multiple plays that impact the outcome of the game. And, and 
that's a guy that you want on this team. And clearly he wants to be in South Florida. Clearly his wife loves it in South, South Florida. So does he. Clearly he loves playing for Vic Fangio and Vic Fangio loves him. Let's figure out a way to get this done. Let's keep him, keep him in Miami long-term. Yeah, I still don't think he's going to cost as much as some others do. The stats are going to look fantastic. It's going to look very well-rounded, and I don't want to discredit him. He's absolutely awesome. But I kind of look at what Kyle Van Noy did in New England that gained him his first big contract even when he came into Miami. There are some players that just work so well in some schemes where you'd really wonder if um, Van, uh, Van Ginkle can go, you know, destination X, Y, and Z, and every defensive coordinator will know how to make sure he can get – you know, the, the six sacks, the six pass event, make sure they're using him every way possible. What were you guys' thoughts early on in this game? It looked like it was going to be the CD Lamb show. Um, first two drives, he had a carry that was like 12 yards. He was lining up in the slot. We already saw it going on on X about uh, why is Cater Kohu lined up on CD Lamb? Why is Nick Needham lined up on CD Lamb? And, and guys, on the surface, it makes so much sense. As you see the Cowboys walk down the field, why don't you move Jalen Ramsey inside? Uh, but to start this conversation, I do want to say I think it's a lot more complex than we make it out to be. I think Dak spends the first quarter, the second quarter, really identifying how we can attack this defense. And if you do line up Jalen Ramsey against CeeDee Lamb, it might negate that drive. But the Cowboys will then counter in a different way. And while the Dolphins silence them in the second and third quarter, all of a sudden the Cowboys might be trying different things that are suddenly working. So I do want to say that there is a chess match happening, that it is getting a little tiresome hearing that, Oh, hey, we got to have Ramsey shadowing people. Or is it me being the old guy complaining? No, and you're certainly not the old guy on this podcast, Jake. But uh, but you're right. It is far more complex than just say, oh, well, take Jalen Ramsey and have him follow around and, and that'll be fine, right? The Cowboys offense is not the Jets offense, right? It works against the Jets because the Jets have Garrett Wilson and then, you know, nothing else, right? They have Brees Hall, but we're talking about pass catchers here. And there's really nothing else there. It's, it's very easy to just take Jalen Ramsey and put him on Garrett Wilson and say, yeah, guard him and, and that'll be it. And we saw it, it worked. The Dolphins defense got a shutout. But against the Cowboys, you just can't do that because they have other good players as well. You know, Brandon Cooks, great receiver. We saw Brandon Cooks catch that go-ahead touchdown awesome on Jalen Ramsey. It sucked, but it was awesome. Yeah, and, and that wasn't that's not a knock on Jalen Ramsey. That was a great throw and a great catch, a heroic performance by Dak and, and Cooks there. Um, thankfully we were able to overcome it, but it's really not that simple. And when you move Jalen Ramsey around like that, now you're asking everybody else to play a little bit differently, possibly play out of position. And people forget Javon Holland, your starting safety. He's kind of your, your, your guy that gets everybody lined up and, and you, you put him in, in the right position. He wasn't there. Another guy who typically does that Jerome Baker. He wasn't out there, you know? So you're relying on two backups, capable backups. Brandon Jones played well. Duke Riley played really well. You know, you got those guys in those spots, but you're asking them to coordinate a defense, get everybody lined up in the right spot. And that becomes even harder when you've got Jalen Ramsey playing a little bit out of position and moving around all over the formation. So I understand why Vic Fangio didn't do it. Now, if CeeDee Lamb's domination would have continued into the second, third, fourth quarter, I'd have been pulling my hair, hair out and screaming at the TV and yelling, best put Ramsey on him as well. But we saw, just like we talked about with Mike McDaniel being able to, to alter his game plan, we saw that with Vic Fangio. He was able to get things corrected, and C.D. Lamb was essentially non-existent after the first quarter. I think he had a, just maybe one or two more catches for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm never going to say I know more than Vic Fangio. I think the reason it got so much steam was because I think it was Jalen Ramsey's comments, right? He kind of seemed a little bit annoyed that he wasn't going to get this opportunity. Almost bored, I think, was the word that was getting thrown around because he's just hanging out on one side and not going to do much. But the entire scheme would have went to shit, right? Cater doesn't play the same on the outside as he does in the slot. And like you mentioned, the Deshaun Elliott, Cater Kohu, um, the Nick Needham thing, he can just stay on the sideline. I'm sorry. I love you, Nick Needham, but you can just stay on the sideline. Cater Kohu, Deshaun Elliott, I thought they had a pretty nice game plan for the way they um, combated CD Lamb. And like you said, when you have that pass rush that can get to Dak it forces him to make mistakes and as long as you can just clamp down on your guy I mean they had a pretty good um they had a pretty good plan for CD Lamb and aside from that first drive it uh worked to fruition the first drive though we haven't even talked about the most important play by this defense and that was the Sean Elliott at the one yard line making the play of the year now guys I want to ask you this and you need to be honest because despite Christmas being over Santa is watching and getting ready for next year were you kind of just like whatever why bother tackling Tony Pollard at the one yard line they have a first down from the one yard line who cares because I mean you have Zach Sealer kind of punched at the ground like yeah we stopped him we gotta start our hold here and then you have other people like whatever let him walk in so so what side were you on did you think the Dolphins had any shot before what was his name uh Lemke I think Hunter, the Hunter Lipke who I was drafting in the seventh round in mock drafts for the Dolphins all year long I just <laughs> I I was like oh he's the he's the fullback specialist right and he, he was doing well until that fumble but yeah I I think I I was uh, I'm guilty as charged Jake I think I was just like yeah, okay cool whatever you stopped him at the one but you know QB sneak next play or they're just gonna pound it up the middle with Tony Pollard again and no, they went with the the ultra reliable fullback dive, uh, which hasn't worked in Madden for a long time. That used to be like the unstoppable. That used to be the tush push in Madden. Like you just ninety nine percent of the time it was going to work, but now it, they like they like took it out of the game. They were like, no, it's too easy. We're not letting you do it anymore. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was one of those things where you're reminded that those guys are professional football players and, and they take pride in their jobs and they are, uh, they are better than we are as, as fans sitting here going, just give them the points. Who cares? I don't care anymore. Christmas is ruined. This game sucks. And they're like, no, we're, we're going to keep playing until, until our final breath. And, and that's what happened. And they got the turnover and, uh, and that was obviously very consequential as the dolphins won the game by two points. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. I was just like, just let him score. But uh, how impressive was that, right? The way he swung him around and the ball never crossed the goal line. I mean, I was like, damn, that was an awesome play. So um, shout out to Deshaun Elliott. I mean, again, he helped with CeeDee Lamb. Huge play at the goal line that, like Merrick said, kind of decided this one. So that was an awesome way for that first drive to end. Um, and um, also, up guess who had Tony Pollard in fantasy? Nice. It was I. You were the super much. I love it. I, I, my fantasy team was sacrificed so that the Dolphins could get this victory. That was the key here. And uh, two, I think one thing we kind of complained, not really complained about, early in the year, the Dolphins just were winning games and yet like losing the turnover battle, minus two, minus three. The Dolphins are slowly putting it together where the turnover battle is swinging back their way. It, can we start to say, can we stamp Brandon Jones as a turnover magnet? He runs out of that pile with that uh, fumble recovery. He had two interceptions last week. He doesn't have those highlight plays, but he seems to always be around the ball. And if the Dolphins are going to end up being one of the teams that, hey, you know, you have a good defense, you have a good offense, all of a sudden that turnover, quote unquote, luck is going to slowly start to swing back your way. If it's his fault, I'll, I'll happily give him credit for it. 
What do you think Brandon Jones has more forced turnovers or more times injuring his own teammates this season? Oh, dude, that's so <laughs> I know. Two, I should some, Sometimes things two just pop three, in your head. Two to three, I think it is. <laughs> two injuries, three, three turnovers. No, he's Brandon Jones is like, uh, maybe I'll try and do your job here, Jake. He's like that kid. Who, who you hear rustling downstairs, you loud banging, bunch of noise. You go down there and you, you see the cookie jars toppled over. There's crumbs all over the ground. You look at him and he's got chocolate all over his face. And then he just gives you that big smile and you go, damn it, I can't be mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brandon Jones, right? Like he does a couple things every game where you're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? And then he, he does something just fantastic and spectacular. And you're like, oh, yeah. That's Empty the dishwasher. Like you yeah, well. that, that's why we like you, Joe. Did you see that bruise he had on his back that his wife posted on Instagram that was going around Twitter? Like, he has a massive bruise on his back. Uh, yeah, he someone. looks like he was in a street fight. He launched he, – he gives it 110 every single play. I definitely got to give him that. And um, one other player I wanted to bring up, Xavier Howard, kind of let me down a little bit. He got Not lost on game. one play. I'm telling you this right now. Uh, that's kind of where X is as a corner right now. There are going to be a couple of plays where he might look a little bad, but over the next three weeks, whether it be uh, Baltimore Bills or first round of the playoffs, he's going to stamp it. He's going to make some sort of play that could really help determine the game. I, I think he's due for a big performance. I sure hope so. And, you know, he he's still a good player. He's he's getting up there in so age a little bit. And, and, you know, it's that time of year where everybody's dealing with injuries. And he was held out of a game a couple weeks ago with an injury. So he's probably still dealing a little bit with something like that. Um, but, you know, it's it's not about one player. It's not just one guy. It's the sum of all parts. And I think he, he he's more positive than negative still, even at this stage of his career. So we'll, we'll keep him on this defense, you know, at least for the remainder of the season. Not like they have another choice, but uh, uh, he's still a contributing player on this defense. And anyone's going to struggle uh, against a, a solid offense oh, yeah. like like the Cowboys. So, uh, But that's what you're going to be facing from here on out is solid offenses, like you said, with the Ravens, the Bills, and then whoever you play in the playoffs, you know, they got there for a reason. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I do have trust that X will turn it back around and, and, and round back into form here soon. Yeah, for most of the season, he's been pretty awesome. So I'm okay with this one bad game. You just can't have it happen against the Ravens or Bills or in the playoffs, like Jay said. But we know he's going to get a pick six or something, and we're all going to be sitting here. Xavier Howard's the greatest. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs>